could tell you that you sound really good but you always sound very like this is simon <laughs> i'm not even sure how to take that you, sh- you just sound good man like this is simon. <laughs> you know what was this is a weird thing that happened to me about you you don't even know this that's what's going to be interesting about it so <laughs> i see the artwork well no that let me go back the pictures you sent me on text 
uh, that you took, you know, you and your wife and your family. Yeah. Very nice, by the way. Very nice. Oh, thanks. Typical Simon style, the commentary. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't think I really knew what you look like completely, you know? Isn't that funny? You know? Uh, yeah. We just been talking and I'm like, imagining, yeah. you know, kind of. You're like, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That voice in the picture. I, I think that matches up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, my, my initial reaction would have been like, oh, he's white. Oh, I thought he was Asian. Something like that. You know, I'd be like, dang it. God. You know, I, mean, I want to break those kind of boundaries where you were just imagining like a, a, a small old Mongolian woman. You know, it's like, oh, that's a white dude. Oh, man. Is that a white guy? Are you in Portland? What? Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> Funky Town, USA. That's what Portland is. I mean, so, what's going on here? Yeah, you know. And then, like, I see the like the artwork for like the, the being the butterfly. I'm like, I'm seeing more of Simon. He oh. has huge arms. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I'm a pretty big guy. You know, it's really funny because I have I was always skinny growing up, like mm -hmm. really rail thin and even when i was a, a an exceptional athlete i just you know I, I was one of those guys who just couldn't put on muscle you know i was actually really heavy and dense for being so thin like everybody was surprised at how strong and and like you know heavy i was but i was just you know you'd look at me and be like man that guy can barely hold a, a shirt on his shoulders you know yeah um but anyway something happened around age 35 or so and my body just decided, you know what? We're done looking like, you know, a basketball player or a swimmer or something like yeah. that, you know? And we're going to go for more of a linebacker. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I, I, um, and I, and I wasn't sure how to take it, but I was just like, my body wanted to get bigger. And it was like, you decide we can get fat or we can get muscly. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, so, <laughs> you chose wisely. <Yeah. laughs> I'm trying, man. It's like my life's ambition to, to ward off dad bod. But this whole COVID thing. Yeah, man, it's it's, it's it hasn't been so great for me. I can tell you that right now. I, I'm still OK in a shirt. You know, we went to the coast and we're boogie boarding and stuff. I'm taking my shirt off to go in the water and everything. I'm just like, oh, dang it. Oh, man. <laughs> You're like, is this happening here? Or what's happening? I do here? look like an old Mongolian woman now. This is no, terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> I saw your arms. I was like, this dude has big arms. Is he Dutch from like Commando? I was like, was like <laughs> or Joe, no, from, uh, no, from Predator. When he's, I'm like, me, I'm Carl Weathers. And you're and you're just like pop yeah, the got, hands come together yeah, like sweating our biceps are sweating yeah, yeah we gotta <laughs> like, oil them up we need to oil the baby <laughs> oils yeah I mean, we need we need to you know get together hang out sometime but both of us are gonna be covered in baby oil before we, <laughs> oh, before we <laughs> massive amounts of baby oil yeah. and then like our wives would be like I'm not sure what just happened here. <laughs> This is uh, not weird. sure if they're attracted to us anymore or each other. Right. But. Oh my gosh. When Shannon texted me, I was dying laughing. I was laughing so hard. She's like, man, it was such a beautiful text, but it was hilarious at the same time. She's like, wow, imagine if you and Simon lived in the same time, be watching the same dumb movies together. Yeah. <laughs> We would, man. So, I, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, case in point, I watched Con Air the other night because I hadn't oh. seen it since it came out. And I was just like, okay, how bad is this? <laughs> and it's as bad as I, it, you know, it might actually have been worse than I, I had thought. Uh, Nicolas Cage in that kind of, I mean, don't get me wrong, complete respect. You know, he got fit, you know, he got muscly. He went action hero for it and he looked the the part. His his wig is so weird okay. for one thing. That white trash wig that they put on him. <laughs> so awful looking. And the fact that he was completely monotone the entire time. Completely. I mean, never a change of express he's he's running from an explosion and he looks like he's bored. He He's like, I'm so I'm so bored with running from explosions. Oh man. It was in the rock, so, don't you know? So, <laughs> I think he just missed out on the part 
where you know somebody like an Arnold or a or a Stallone, they they like completely overdo it. You know, they're they're not monotone. I mean, for all of you know, maybe what you can see as faults as as their acting chops and stuff like that, they're giving it their all. You know, they <laughs> I mean, really are. Yeah, I mean, Stallone gives it his all in something like you know, like Mama. I, or what is it? Stop or my mom will shoot. I mean, he yeah. puts his all into it, you he know, does. there's no, yeah. so, you know, you, so, so it was just weird to watch somebody like Nick Cage who, who normally does that in other types of films, like yes. go way out there, completely go monotone for this role <laughs> where, you know, I mean, just weird. It's just a weird thing to watch. I actually but, really liked that movie when I watched it the first time I was like, it's pretty good. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I'm embarrassed I mean, to say that, but now no, it's mean, terrible. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could. It's a movie that you can enjoy. It, it's an easy movie to enjoy. Um, it, it definitely lives up to its premise of, <laughs> you know, oh, we're gonna have like the most dangerous killers in the United States on an airplane together. Um, you know, it it does what it what you think it should do. You know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, but, but, you know, I mean, you know, from the start, that premise is, you know, extremely flawed in so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> so, and now, so anyway, yeah. it was, yeah. but it was an interesting, it was an interesting thing to, to do. I, I, I watched that, um, like 48 hours ago, actually, because I, I was, I was decompressing after mm. finishing all of the recording for this album. Here's something you might be interested in just right off the bat. For this album, The Bee and the Butterfly, I recorded the entire thing in six days. Whoa. And I hadn't written anything prior to that either. Each day I wrote a song and recorded it and really pretty much mixed it. I did one day, so on the seventh day. <laughs> and what happened on the seventh day? <laughs> on the seventh day, yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually rest on the seventh day. On the seventh day, I... Uh, I did the final mix and mastering of it, and that was yesterday. And I sent it to you the moment it was uploaded on SoundCloud, you know, for you to be able to listen to. I I sent you that that link. But I mean, that was I had really backed myself into a corner because there was lots of stuff going on this past month. The kids started school. Mm-hmm. We we did a little extent uh, vacation with my parents. Um, I had put a lot of myself into the previous album, and so I really was. I, I will tell you, I was really kind of mentally and emotionally exhausted from that album. And so I I decided I'd give myself a little bit of space before starting it. And that turned into a lot of space. And before I knew it, I was like, oh, my gosh, uh, I, I have to have an album done in a week. <laughs> and, I, and I haven't written a song yet. I mean, that was, the, you know, I mean, it was so uh, in that respect, I think the. The, the bee and the butterfly is a complete success. <laughs> I think it's a, a hell of a complete success. I mean, I was like, you're texting me. You're like, well, I hope you get to listen to it before tomorrow. I'm like, oh, no, it will happen. I will be listening to yeah. this. And um, actually, the funny thing is I was like, okay, my daughter was going to take a bath. It was just her and I. My wife is at work at the hospital. And I said, well, we're going to listen to this together. And you're going to love this. You're going to love this. So she's taking a bath. She's nine, you know, she's all silly and stuff. And we're listening and she goes, who is this? I said, oh, this is my buddy Simon's album. She goes, wow, he's really good. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. I said, yeah. I said, cause you know, um, the first song that comes on under the waterfall, right? That's what it is. Yeah. And, uh, that, that totally was hugely unexpected like hugely yeah and i was like whoa is this what this is gonna be i was like i did not see this coming at all <laughs> I, like, not even know, close I, I told you i i i only tease you know i like to give a little tease of what's coming next in each album and if, if you go back and and it's it's i mean you go back to the last album and it's just that little break i mean you, you know a little bit, maybe, maybe sitting on a rainbow could be in the genre of mm. 
of uh, um, trip hop. You know, maybe it might be a stretch to get it in there, but it's that mellow thing. Um, but it's that middle section of the last track on on the on that album, uh, EOS, that uh, it just does a little bit of a down tempo thing. It does a little bit of a down tempo and a bass thing. And I was like, because I knew what was coming next. I knew I was going to do this um, lo-fi down tempo thing next. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, I was just like, oh, man. But but I, did, I you know, it, it's it's subtle enough and it's unexpected enough that I knew I, I was hoping I should say I didn't know I was hoping you'd get a kick out of it and just be like, OK, this guy who's been doing this rock stuff all of a sudden <laughs> completely changes gears and goes for this Ooh. early 70s lo-fi aesthetic, you know, kind of like a funk, soul, jazz, something, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, which, and that was kind of the interesting thing about it is like I'm listening to it and you get this little nine-year-old girl's voice on the other side of like, so you start singing in the second song. And yeah, I noticed there's a lot of lead up to your singing, which I love. Like, I'm a huge fan of that. I don't really like like going right into it type of thing. Yeah. Like, and you seem to be the master of like, let me tease this out for a while and then <laughs> we get into it. So you start singing on there and uh, she's like, I really like his voice. Ooh. Wow. This is like right. really amazing. Who's that lady singing too? like, you know, like the kids, they hear it differently sometimes. And they take everything in and they really dive deep into the sounds sometimes more than adults. I feel like with they that. do you, you had you mentioned know? that in a, you did a short solo cast yeah. recently and you had talked about that, that mentality difference between adult and childhood. And that was yeah. something I, I thought was a great thing to talk about. And, and it was something that I thought, you know, would be interesting to delve into a little bit here because that's what I'm, trying to capture with this it's what i try to capture just personally you know recently somebody accused me of drinking the kool-aid about something it was a political thing you know mm -hmm. political conversation sure and i'm so anti-drinking the kool-aid that it was surprising just to hear that from somebody because you know i'm i'm politically independent i mm -hmm. i refuse to be identified as as liberal or conservative because I'm, I'm i you know i'm, I'm none of those things you know, I was just telling a friend earlier in a text, I was talking about this to him. I said, I said, you know, I like good ideas. I like honorable people. You know, I mean, that's my criteria, yeah. you know, and I don't care how, you know, there's an R or a D next to their name yeah. or anything like that. You know, I mean, if they have a good idea and they're an honorable, honorable person, then I, I'm down with it, you know, yeah. but you go on social media and, 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 you know, uh, in this particular situation, you know, I was voicing that I support the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that made me a far left Marxist. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, oh, wow. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, so, you know, I mean, it's the it's these it's these incredible stretches that we go to as adults, because now we're programmed to think if you're not with me, you're against me, you know, kind of a deal. If you don't, you know, if you're not conservative, you're, you're, you're liberal and you're not just liberal, but you're far left Antifa. Yes. Yeah. You know? You're radical left. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. You know, and that's the assumption. And, and it's always that way on either side. And, and, and it's just like, I always want to ask these people who are making these grand assumptions and I'm guilty of it. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm guilty of, of jumping to conclusions like that sometimes about other people. And I feel awful about it when it happens and I'm called out on it. Um, because I don't want to necessarily be perceived by, I don't really care how people perceive me. Let's just say that, but, <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I also, you know, you know, don't really want to be perceived as, you know, being so far this way or so far mm -hmm. that way. Um, yeah. And so, Anyway, I, so, so the essence of what I'm trying to get at anyway is that uh, what you talked about in that uh, solo cast that you did, I, I found profound and, and interesting because that childlike curiosity and wonderment at the possibility of the great thing about art, and, and you could say this potentially about anything, 
if you have enough imagination, is that it's boundless and it's limitless. So I can go from orchestrated, you know, kind of artsy film soundtrack style album to a, a shoegaze rock album to a lo-fi 70s jazz inspired album. And to me, there's no, there's no break in continuity for me because the continuity is just pure curiosity and wonderment at what can I do? What can I create? Yeah. Most, <clears throat> that was my whole thing behind that solo cast is I just go with what I feel like, you know, I'm having all these interviews and doing all these great things that I think are fun for me and I'm learning and I'm trying to have different versions of consciousness and <clears throat> this meditation of talking to people. <clears throat> and I just realize I'm like, you know, we're in different versions of waking consciousness and how my daughter sees the world is very differently than how I see the world and how my friends see the world <clears throat> or a shaman sees the world, or I think it might even say like how a bee sees the world, how a snake sees the world. And mm -hmm. just because what I see, what I see doesn't make it right. Doesn't mean that I'm right because this is my consciousness. And I think like listening to that with my daughter, your album was really fun. I hadn't intended on it, but I was like, okay, well, let's just do it. And just hearing her describe it, I'm like, I don't think I would have thought about it that way. If I love she that. didn't do that, tell me like how the textures and the sounds and, and she's hearing you, you know, it's funny, your voice is coming out of my phone and, <laughs> and I'm hearing this sound and I'm hearing this low sound, the low Simon sound. You know, uh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the whole, you know, like the lyrics of, you know, what was um, I'm going to hack this up. You don't remember your lyrics either. So I'm not. I'll, I'll hack, I'll, I'd hack it. Up. I'd hack it up anyway, you know, but I, I'd get it if you I get the feeling of it. <laughs> you know, when you're like some people like, on, you know, or like standing on your knees or on your knees, a love people oh, drop yeah, a bomb, yeah, yeah. the whole thing. I'm like, listen, I, I rewound that part several. Well, not really, you know online you don't rewind like you used to whatever you know yeah, what i mean and exactly. i'm going back and forth i'm like this is just so profound and my daughter's listening to it and she just loves that she loves the words and and i said how does that make you feel when you hear that and she's like it's just like it just feels like out there it's just like a, <laughs> it's just like big sounds and it's like a really deep feeling for me you know and Listen to music with your kids sometimes. It'll make you change your mind about things, you know? It's, it, that, that's, that's so beautiful. That's wonderful. I, I've done this a couple of times, a similar experience where I've um, shared music with my kids. And, and we've gone into just our living room and we're like, get comfortable. We're going to turn the lights out. We're going to listen to a song, you know, or we're going to listen to a, a piece yeah. of music, you know. And um, and then we just kind of talk about it afterwards. And, and similar type thing, you know, um, children... I think unabashedly feel when we become adults, sometimes we're afraid of feeling mm -hmm. or we're afraid of expressing what we feel, but children just unabashedly feel. <laughs> yeah. and, and so that those conversations are so interesting because everything, uh, you know, when I'm listening to something, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, or if I'm watching something, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm rarely feeling it yeah, because I'm so interested in the technical side of it. <laughs> so I'm I watching a movie, yeah. thinking about what the actor's thinking, thinking about how they set up the shot, how they set up the lighting, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about these things instead of, you know, Oh, the guy's father is dying and he's, you know, they're saying they're, their farewells, you know, <laughs> you know, so, it's a terribly shot scene. I mean, I'm yeah, <laughs> so other, people are, other people are crying around me and I'm just like, man, they really didn't stage that well. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, you know, I, it, it, it's just the things like that. And, and I think I can come off as kind of a cold, cold hearted human. But uh, but on the other hand, there, there are times when, when I just want to feel. You know, and I'll and I'll try to take myself out of that technical mindset and try to approach it the way that you're describing, like the, the child does. And it's it it is a different experience to experience life that way. I think um, so. 
<clears throat> I definitely think so. I just, I don't know, man. I was just proud of you. Honestly, that was my emotion too. Like the, and, and bringing this back, I was like, I'm going to bring this. I don't usually plan any of this stuff, but I was like, I have to like bring this thing back that I have in my mind about <clears throat> what your wife texted to me. And that I was the beyond the dumb movie part, which I thought was hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. The next yeah. part was it was like this sandwich of like you guys watch dumb movies, and then the next part was like uh, Simon is so talented; he is an incredible musician. And sometimes I think that I don't always recognize that because I'm around him all the time. Mm. And and I and I've had this discussion with a lot of people about. Sometimes when somebody's really great at something and you're around other people like every day, it's not that they don't know you're really good at it. It's just kind of like it's muted a little bit to them because they just hear you banging around doing stuff, you know, whatever. <laughs> That's literally what it is in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like you know, I've done from the other side two, of the wall. Yeah. It's just me yeah. in here banging around on things. Just Simon you know? banging around. And then on these yeah. days talking to Darian, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, you know, you know? <laughs> laughing. And you know, like, what's this madness? You know, what is this? What is this creation? And it could yeah. seem like, oh, they just do that. And uh, it was really touching because, you know, I told her and I said, your husband is an extremely talented musician. Like this is some of the best work I've ever heard in my life. And I said, I am honored that <clears throat> I am part of this journey in this format for that. I think you inspire me, man. This is the lovey guy talk here. Okay. <laughs> you oh, inspire this, me, this man. This is the bromance. This part is the of bromance. The yeah. Shannon. All right. Just deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very inspired. Actually, let me take this a step further. This is more the love fest. So your whole thing was to be, it was the origin of a brand new creation for me. So you told me, your wife told me you're doing this 12 albums, 12 months. I start talking to you. I'm like, boom, I need to do this. I need to be a part of this. Like this has got to happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And all of a sudden it has spawned like six or seven more of these and different varieties that I'm working on right now. Oh, really? All because Man. of you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you 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 had you had you had put that message out there that you're looking for it in that solo cast you did. Oh yeah. But man, I didn't realize that it was gonna it was gonna pop so quickly that you're gonna be already, people already me. Oh man, that is awesome. There's a lot no, of creators really out great. there, man. Yeah. There there are, and and that's that's the other inspiring thing. You it, it is so much easier to create today than it ever has been. Mm. I would have, I mean, just put me 20 years ago. There's no way I could have done the bee and the butterfly in six days. Yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do it at all, frankly, because, I, you know, all the horns and the strings and all that kind of stuff. I'm playing that via synthesizer, you know, basically, you know, they're, they're like, <clears throat> There, there are samples that you know a, a company has created. The 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 sample company, I, the samples from the the company who creates the samples I mostly use on these that you mostly mm -hmm. hear on these on these albums is called Spitfire Audio, and they make amazing cinematic tools and samples, and they have you know players, world class players playing and all these different techniques, and then I can play those instruments now on my keyboard. And that's, that's how I'm doing it, you know? Incredible. And, and so, and it's still a lot of work, you know, one of the, one of the sounds on the album I was most proud of are the flutes. <laughs> on the, uh, I know that sounds really funny. I am but... Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> but the what's flutist. the song? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, I, I I could never I could never compete with Ron Burgundy on the flute, but <laughs> well the the track is called uh, "On Any Given Corner," yep. and those flute parts I was so proud of. Them. I am so proud of them, and, and that required taking something like three different samples of three different you know f three different flutes or playing in different techniques. 
to get the air, the body, and the attack, you know. And, and so you got to mix them all together and everything, you know, and, and figure out how to create this sound. So there's just a lot of it's it's like sound chemistry going on in in there to create uh, this aesthetic. And um, but anyway, you know, yeah, put put me back even even ten years. I don't even, I don't think Spitfire Audio even existed. I don't think samples of this quality that were this playable on the keyboard really existed. So, you know, this album, I mean, maybe it could have existed in a different form, but definitely not the way I recorded it. Definitely not the aesthetic that it has. There's just no possible way I could have done it. And so it's just an amazing time to be a creator today. Yeah. And that's what I think is really neat is you can, really put out your whatever your expression of art is it's more available than ever and so i just like creating things with people and obviously this has been incredibly beneficial i really enjoy it and i mean we talked about you know what we're doing beyond this which actually i was thinking about quite a bit last night I was like, you? All right. i'm gonna have to start watching these movies and stuff like, <laughs> know. we're gonna we're gonna need to like you know put a master list together yes. of, uh, yes. you know in preparation for this um because yeah that will be that will be a lot of fun i actually gotta like, I, I, plan a little bit you know like I, <laughs> these are the movies now okay darian darian <laughs> didn't i just explain to you how i ended up recording an album in six days i'm not a planner darian <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry i am okay <laughs> the plan is i'm going to do something i the okay. how the All why right. the where i don't know <laughs> all right listen they're gonna be it's gonna be fine i was like in my mind i'm like oh man it's gonna be great i'm watching a ton of crazy movies <laughs> like some bad stuff like, <laughs> but it's creative it's creativity it's whatever you know and i That's think for right. me I, i'm just looking for people who are not afraid to just go out there and create something that's interesting, like to give a little preview about it. So I got a couple of series that are going to be like uh, one day, you know, one thing, one philosophy type series. So it could be like a one day meditation, like that's re will re oh, okay. be released over seven, eight episodes of like meditation in the morning, late morning, afternoon, whatever, all the way. So like accomplishing oh. this whole series in one day, one yoga pose, you know, one artistic play in a day, whatever it is, you know, type of thing. Yeah. And just say, hey, you finish one day. Because sometimes I think we do these things that are so like, oh, you're going to be in a class of 40 people. We're going to do this. Well, let me just do one thing. Just do one thing and do that well. And, and really dive into the art behind one sound, one movement, one thought. And and really grow that type of thing. I don't know how it's going to all turn out, but it really doesn't matter, honestly. It's uh, that's the big thing for me with art is like it doesn't really matter what other people think of it. It's just that we gave the effort to do something out there, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that that really is it. That you 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 found the concept, you you chased it, you pursued it, and you know the outcome is almost beside the point. Um, it is, yeah. You know, I've I've grown up a religious person my entire life, and and, and there there's there's this it's almost a separation between church and state now. The, the separation between religious and spiritual, right? Is that you know? And so I'm maybe very familiar. Most, yeah, yeah. So maybe most people will consider me a, a more of a spiritual person than a religious person because I'm, you can probably guess I'm not really that excited about rites and rituals. You know, <laughs> you know, from my, yes, from my I, personality, I'm I'm not a real right and ritual kind of guy. I mean, Although yeah, I, I, I got their, that. I, uh, I I'm uh, you know, but anyway, um, the idea is that uh, talking about faith, and I've I've stood at the pulpit and given talks about this kind of stuff, is that you know, faith is so imperfect; it's not knowing. Faith is is believing and 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 hoping and and all these things that are tied into being a, having a, a faith in something but it's not knowing it's not having a set you know knowledge of it maybe you've had an experience and in fact I've talked about that that faith is an experience but then and, and there was one point in my life where I was convinced that was probably the definition the defining 
element of faith, that it's an experience that you had. And so if you had an experience with God, then nobody can take that experience away from you. No amount of science or, or anything else can ever disprove an experience, a personal experience you had in your heart or, or, or however you had it. But taking that a step further later on down the line, I came to a conclusion that faith isn't the experience itself. It's what you do in order to have an experience. Hmm. And whether or not you get the experience that you were looking for or hoped for or, or any experience at all is kind of beside the point. It's the work that you put in in order to attempt to have an experience. Hmm. So I, I think that, that faith is what we create by. We're attempting to have this experience, you know, whether or not the experience we, we, the result is what we were looking for, hoped for, planned for, if it's something that anybody else wants, <laughs> yeah, really beside the point, but it's the work that we're putting into it that defines our, our, our artistic integrity, our faith in the process. Well said, man. Bravo. Hand clap. <laughs> golf clap golf clap golf clap. yeah <laughs> i'm with you you know uh, i i grew up um a very pretty religious life i would say the majority of my life and still can uh continue that and uh but i think my expansion of faith has really gone huge in the sense that you know religion to me is an expression of spirituality on some level and how I manifest that I think is, has become much larger and, and, and how I meditate on that. Like, seriously, like I look at like what I do when I talk to you or I have these conversations where I'm walking out in nature, that's, that's, uh, it's an expression of my faith and, yeah. and how I wield that, you know, it's, it's just different in creativity and art and, I think for me, man, I've gotten in a lot of these discussions on my podcast because, you know, it's a very, it's a big thing with a lot of people. You know, I had a lady on and I feel like she was working out her issues on my podcast. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'm like, go for it. You know, it was this whole yeah. science for spirituality and what you believe in. I just, I just let her roll, man. You know, I'm like, yeah. you got to work, you got to say what you got to say, however you express that. For me, but art is faith in in some way. For me, creating it takes a lot of faith, and especially the kind of the judgment behind it, because you're putting out this piece of work, and you know there could be people who be like, "That's trash," you know, in their mind, yeah, or absolutely. that's amazing, and you're that's a lot of courage in putting out your creation to other people, and uh, it is. I appreciate that about your whole series. Like seriously, when I was told by Shannon, you're Oh, you got to meet my husband. He's doing 12 albums in 12 months. I was like, come again? Uh, what? 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 I don't what know. kind of an idiot? <laughs> I've got to talk to this guy because yeah. I need to know what kind of a psychopath. <laughs> okay, I didn't think that. But I will tell you, the first thing I thought was, wow, that is very ambitious. I'm an ambitious person. I want to be around that. I I don't see that and get daunted by it and go oh man I don't even know why, why would he even attempt that I go how can I be involved in that <laughs> that's what I think <laughs> you and I are of a similar mindset in that way man I mean we truly are like I I have to really discipline myself to not get too sidetracked by by so many things that I would like to do or want to do you know yeah. because there's a world of experience that I would like to have. Um, but in order to be, be good at anything, really, <laughs> you've got to have a certain amount of concentrated effort. Yeah. Um, you know, greatness in something usually, I, I guess I can't say definitively, but usually comes from an all encompassing focus on that thing. Yeah. So the discipline for somebody like myself is to discipline myself to not chase after every curiosity that I have. Right. Right. It's even even in creating an album like this this last one where I wanted a certain aesthetic. Well, I had lots of ideas that were outside of that aesthetic. Hmm. 
that I could have put into this. And I could, but, but I, you know, I shut those ideas down and I disciplined myself to say, no, I want it to be a certain, I want it to, I want to cultivate a certain sound. And it's not that, you know, there, there are a lot of different things going on in the album. I mean, (laughs) for heaven's sakes, have you ever heard me shred on guitar before? Like, no, that was very surprising by the way. (laughs) So there, there's the the one track "Rain in the Desert." That's not me shredding on guitar. That is the extremely talented Josh Slamp, who's who's made appearances on other albums of mine. And then uh, the the one on on any, on any any given corner, the end of that, where it's just psychotic shredding. That's yeah. me. <laughs> you know? Psychotic shredding. You 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 can tell the difference between between Josh's. <laughs> beautiful technical prowess and my you know i'm just gonna shred my way through a brick wall approach (laughs) and i thought that was really funny because get i mean maybe you know this maybe you don't who passed away this this past week eddie van halen oh yeah that's right that's right passed away from cancer um huge huge part of my childhood soundtrack mm. uh a lot of my childhood friends know me uh you know or associate me with van halen because they were basically my favorite band in the 80s um interesting thing about that i've never ever ever not even once tried to emulate van halen on eddie eddie on the guitar i've never even yeah. wanted to um and I, and I frankly don't listen to Vanny. I haven't listened, you know, I mean once in a while I hear a song come on, but I mean I haven't yeah, listened to Van it. Halen since the 90s, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um but I did put on uh, some Van Halen this week, man. Some nostalgia took hold and and then all of a sudden I'm shredding on an album <laughs> that that you know, if you describe it to somebody, I say a lo-fi 70s jazz inspired, you know, thing the last thing you're gonna think is that you're gonna have guitar shredding. it was surprising <laughs> honestly it came on i was like whoa and i loved it because i because i don't hear enough of that and i was really into that um back in the day i love a good just oof, go off and start shredding i was like wow this is a nice addition to this album <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I sent that song, Rain in, in the Desert, to, you know, I, I recorded it, you know, like I said, in a day. I sent it that evening to, in fact, I hadn't even finished recording it. And I knew I wanted some guitar on it that that wasn't me. You know, I I had been doing all the lo-fi guitar that's on, on that track, you know, you, you, that goes throughout the track. And you hear it, you know, but, um, but I wanted this second guitar voice that wasn't me. And so I... I sent a message to Josh and I, you know, said, Hey, would you be interested in, you know, doing a, a trip hop track, <laughs> not expecting that he was going to send back something like that, you know, and, yeah. and he sent it back and he even laughed, you know, he did a little laugh emoji or whatever. He's like, um, so yeah, so I just totally rocked out on this and I hope that's okay. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a thing. I'm doing. And yeah. I listened back to it. I'm like, I don't know if that's okay. And then I just start mixing it into the song. And, and all of a sudden, I, I'm, I can't imagine the song any other way. You know, I'm just like, oh, man, this is it, dude. This is this is awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. but anyway, you know, so, so I think both Josh and I were either consciously or subconsciously, you know, touched by the the passing of a, a guitar hero, a guitar yeah. legend. And um, both of us ended up not sounding anything like Eddie, but uh, <laughs> but but sh- but shredding away on it, man. I mean. It's it amazing, and I and I and I really wanted this to be an almost guitarless album, which is really funny. There are several tracks that have no guitar, or maybe just like a maybe a hint of guitar sometimes, but really. And so all of a sudden, just to have these explosions of, <laughs> of yeah. shred, come on! I I thought was kind of personally a, a humorous thing, you know. It kind of cracked me up, and and then, uh, but when I listened back to him, like. You know what, man? I'm into this. This is this is like taking this to a whole nother level. <laughs> <clears throat> it was my favorite of all the albums. 
for me. I, I feel like I say that every time you release it, so maybe I'm not a good judge <laughs> of this stuff. I don't know, man. I, I could be one of these groupies or something. I'm like, oh, I love everything you do. I'm like, well, I'm like but I need more of those. So I mean, frankly, uh... <laughs> we keep it coming. Uh, but this like more my like my preference for what I like to listen to. So yeah. I was like, of course, I had no clue what was coming. So when I start hearing it, I'm like, oh, oh, my ears start perking up. I'm like, this is like my preference of what I generally like to listen to. And uh, I was like, whoa, Simon, you sneaky guy. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, when but, I came up with that bass sound for Under the Waterfall, I, was so, I was so happy with it, man. That's a... Uh, that's really? a You're That's so a hard chord. on yourself, yeah. man. Like, uh, I know, but once in a while, I'm just like, oh, yeah. So I knew that that was how the album was going to start with that mm. bass sound right there, that boom, yeah. boom. You know, I, I, know. I was like, oh, I was like, Ooh, man. was the Shaft soundtrack coming? I was <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Right when I, right when I played it, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is like old school cop you know, drama, yes. something, you know? Uh, so yeah, I was, um, I was in love with that sound, you know? And, yeah. uh, so under the waterfall for me was, uh, I was like, yes, this is the opener. This is, this is how we're, <laughs> this is how yeah. we're making our, our opening statement, you know, <laughs> to say, this, is, this is what the album is. Um, but honestly, my favorite track on it is is the title track, "The Bee and the Butterfly," and it's my favorite track because of Danelle and her voice. When she, Amazing. you know, I messaged her when when I was finishing up the mix on that, and um, I told her, I told her your harmonies on this song are silk, sex, and sugar. Ooh. I mean, they're just everything you want. You know, uh, uh, for me, uh, it's like, yeah, it, it, it like makes the hairs on the back of my neck stick up when I hear her her harmonies on that song. I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> well, we agree on your work that that is my favorite song also. On that. <laughs> so I was like, every time I listen, I go, okay, these are the two. I always play two of your songs on the podcast. I'm like, there's two like I'm going to put on the front and the end. I was like, I gotta have that. Those two, are, those are the ones for me, for sure. And I like the whole thing, but I was like, this is the pop right here, <laughs> man. You know, <laughs> you know, the first track I actually wrote for this was the other, the third song that I sing on is mm -hmm. "Who Are the Beasts." Yeah, I love that too, man. Love that song. Thanks. It, it's actually, I think it's my my one of my favorite bridges I've ever written. This the, there's only one verse. You know, I. I wanted to keep lyrics and singing on this album to a minimal. Um, so even though they're singing on 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 a, on three of the six tracks on it, there's e even on those tracks, it's like fifty percent instrumental still. I think I don't know. I haven't done the math, but you know, it's uh, it's a lot of instrumental on those tracks still. And so anyway, with that, who are the beasts? Um, that was actually contemplating that to be the title of the album. That was the concept I was going to be going with at first. Because right when I was started to, to write that song, I, I was starting to think of that, you know, television, you know, crime drama yeah. soundtrack and that, you know, and, and I had just read an article about crime being down during COVID in almost all categories, except uh, violent, like assault and, and murder and stuff. It's just like, what? E even during quarantine, we can't stop killing ourselves? Right, right. <laughs> crazy <laughs> so imme immediately i i came up with this idea of you know describing the crime scene and that's what that song is it's de a description of the crime scene and then it, it asks the question uh who are the beasts um it, which is really funny because danelle's <laughs> singing on that one <laughs> she she kept wanting to say these who are oh. these <laughs> she, like, she, no. she kept singing that over and over and couldn't get it out of her head which I was just cracking up, and I was like, "Who are these beasts?" beasts. It's like Christopher Walken <laughs> saying, "Saying yeah. all these beasts, we need more cowbell, baby." <laughs> yeah, I got a prescription. Yeah. <laughs> I need more cowbell. <laughs> so you know, I kept telling her, "I was like that question 
isn't asking the right question, Danelle. <laughs> These beasts. <laughs> it's who are the beasts. It's trying to ask the question, you know, who's more beast-like, the beasts or the human, you know. The, the <laughs> you know, so anyway, it was just a funny, uh, funny little thing. But it, eventually I landed on, I want to call the album The Bee and the Butterfly. It just sounded more gentle. And I wanted more more gentility yeah. instead of talking about focusing on the violence. Um and uh, and even that song, it you know the, the the first line I wrote for that song was the first line of the chorus was uh, I felt your sting, uh, where is your honey? Yeah, and uh, and that was when I first started writing that song. I was gonna make it like sneaky political, you know, where it like it sounds like a love song, but I, I you know, and then as I started to write it though, that just felt wrong, and I didn't want to make it clever. I I just wanted to make it earnest. And so it ends up being just an earnest love song um, instead of anything anything too clever. <laughs> I mean, the album no. is beautiful. It really is. Well, thank you. I mean, you just create. You are clearly a creator. You're clearly someone who puts a lot of thought, no matter how much time you put into it. <laughs> but whether it's a lot or... I, you know what's interesting for me is hearing you six days on this. And then there's ones where you're like very frustrated and you're like, ah, oh, I'm not sure about this, you know? And it's just that process of creating is, uh, it's like a microcosm for the feelings we have in living in the world. And sometimes it's amazing and sometimes it's really difficult. And sometimes it's just gray and all that. And that's what it feels like this whole journey is. It's just like, it's a, a symptom of, 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 of living. For that, and I find that very fascinating. That is cool, and and it is uh, that I think that is a perfect analog, you know, because there are songs on this album that came fairly easily. The bee and the butterfly, like the the main music for that, the piano chords, um, uh, those came to me just almost immediately as I approached the piano and I started playing, and I was just like, "Yes, this is what I want. This is this pretty." you know, two chord thing going on um, that just sounds light and gentle and, and breezy and, and, and these kinds of things. And, and it's amazing how you can get that with music, how just you can just play two chords and you can get all those feelings from just two chords. Um, yeah. And then there are the tracks like the last track on the album is called Nothing in the Hand. And, um, you know, I finished it in that one day. But let me tell you, man, that was... That was another one of those like given birth moments where yeah. it's just like I just gotta squeeze this out. And I was talking to my daughter about it. she's she's uh, who, who plays basketball and 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 they're doing socially distant basketball practices right now where they just run drills and everybody has to bring their own ball and you know nobody nobody touches you know but. Uh, but anyway, they I was telling her that I was just happy that she's able to keep playing basketball and keep doing sports because I think it just teaches you so much. And and for me, one of the things it taught me was to just be competitive, not with anybody else, but with myself. And I told her, you know, that, that day I'd been working on that song. I was driving her to basketball practice. And I told her I, that day I was working on nothing in the hand and it was not going well. And uh, <laughs> but that competitiveness within me said, no, I'm going to take this and I am going to just squeeze every ounce of creativity that I can out of myself to make it, to make it something that I can be, I can be proud of sharing. You know, it's probably not going to be anybody's favorite track. It's kind of like, it's kind of a weird track, (laughs) but (laughs) I think it has a lot of, I think it has a lot of neat elements to it. It does. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's, it's not like, a catchy track you're going to win. It's, it's, it's composed in the whole tone scale. Most of it. it, it, it leaves that sometimes it cheats a little bit, but the whole tone scale, it's not minor, it's not major. And, and so it, it plays tricks with your mind and it's not like something you're going to, nobody goes around whistling the whole tone scale, you know? Right. right. <laughs> you know, you know right. that that's not the earworm, you know, that, that you get stuck <laughs> in your head. So, so, uh, so anyway, um, but it, you know, at the end of the day, I finished it and I played it back and I said, that's music. <laughs> <laughs> that's music. That's music. Uh, 
It's not Firewalker <laughs> level, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's not. That's know? like the bottom low. That's like the place you don't want to go, okay? <laughs> I like how you're being tempted to watch it, by the way. I'm like, what are you doing, Simon? No. Oh, man. I know. Sometimes, you know, you just flip through and you see these things and you're just like, oh, <laughs> Amazon man. tempting me? I'm like, no, you're tempting you. Stop yeah. it. <laughs> Please I told don't that, do this. I told that to my eldest daughter. I described it to her, and she's like, "That sounds cool." I was like, "Yeah," well, or no, actually, she's like, "No, it sounds awful." And I was like, "I'm glad you think so because it is awful. Don't watch it." <laughs> but I might. <laughs> <laughs> but don't do it. It's like it's like it, yeah. it's like telling my kids not to do drugs and then turning around and doing yeah. opioids or something. You know, <laughs> don't do this. Don't watch. It's a terrible walker. idea. But I want to try it. <laughs> don't experience one of the lowest points for these actors do not do it <laughs> like, i know it, it's oh, you know you know i i i want to be able to get to that point in my own musical creativity where i'm able to amass you know uh, this library of and i and i kind of have you know I, i've created more in this project i think than most people m most musicians record in their lifetime Seriously. but um However, you know, I, I just go on to keep doing it and do it. And so that someday down the line, I can look back and, and just try to like pick out the low point, the low point <laughs> of all low points. You know, it's like, OK, there 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 were several. But which one was which one was the lowest? Oh, boy. <laughs> you made me think of like, is this I could be right. Is this album six? We're at right this now, is, yeah. Oh my gosh, there's six more to go. There's six more. It seems like a lot. <laughs> so last night in the car, I we're driving our kids somewhere. My wife is is in the car with us, and we're driving. And, and I and I just told everybody I was I was happy because I had just fit right. You know, I sent that that link to you, and then it was time to go, basically to to go take the kids places. And and I and I told the kids in the car, I was like. Uh, that's, I just finished album, you know, who has two thumbs and just finished album six, you know, and <laughs> then they're like, dad, you're driving, take the wheel. Um, <laughs> but, uh, my wife's initial response was only six. <laughs> Because it feels like it should be like 10 or 11 by it now. It does. It actually does. <laughs> when you said it to me, I was like, maybe around like 10 or 11. I was like, six. This <laughs> 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 is like, this is a huge, just halfway. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm slightly in this really minor way offended by that response in the car last <laughs> night because I'm just like, yeah. Only six, <laughs> six That's albums it. in six months. That's all. That's all I've been no able big to deal. do. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me for trying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I should have done 10 albums in six months. Exactly. I'm sorry. Maybe you, you're, you know what? 12 and 12, terrible. <laughs> I need you to double the albums. You really, you really set the bar pretty low there, Simon. <laughs> Uh, so. six <laughs> like, there's six there's six more months of this. <laughs> yeah and i reminded her i said i you know i told her i did this album in six days i mean was that such a big deal was that like that like take so much away from our family and everything like that for me to do an album in six days? That's anyway, she she apologized. We laughed about it, you know. And she's oh. just like, "I'm sorry. I just sometimes I just like forget that, you know, like you know, you know, just like we were saying earlier, you know, you forget that, okay. you know, that, that somebody is working so hard on something, and yes. and it's like their baby and, and, and so we have to be really careful with our responses to somebody else's baby. Yes. You know, <laughs> and, and sometimes that baby is just a comment they posted on social media. Yeah. But we, you know, we have to be careful with our response and I'm not talking about being too tender and being, you know, the PC police or something like that, but I'm just saying, you know, 
hopefully mo- most people have a good enough sense. Of, I have a good enough sense of humor that, you know, I, I can be minutely offended by that response, but I can see the humor in it as well. And I can, you know, see from the other person's perspective how, yeah, this is taking forever. <laughs> Six years, it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, it is, it is a thing to, to remember and, and remind ourselves. It's yeah. like, you know, something that, doesn't mean anything to you means the world to somebody else yeah i gotta tell you like i when i figured out it was six i was like oh this is great we have like six more months of these this is awesome and then we had made plans for this kind of movie thing afterwards i'm like oh we're just we're kind of in perpetuity here just doing stuff i'm like just simon and darian forever (laughs) yeah you call it perpetuity other people call it purgatory no 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 (laughs) i got really pumped about it i was like oh this is great just more stuff. I don't know. Anyways, but thank you, my friend, for another awesome episode. Maybe I think I laughed the most on this one. This is pretty good. This is um, pretty great. Um, yeah. They get better because yeah. I think also people see our friendship growing each episode. And that is an unintended consequence of this, which is I'm very happy about. So, yeah. I mean, the last thing I wanted out of this was a friend. So. <laughs> Who needs that? Just, I just wanted to use you to promote myself. <laughs> That's all I wanted out of this. Use away. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Simon, man. You're the man. Thank and you, we'll man. Talk to you soon, great man. talking to you again. All right.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Dr. D's Social Network. Make sure you listen to future episodes. Also, please make sure to rate and review My Dad's Show on Apple Podcasts in the Rate and Review section. Thanks, everyone.